Welcome back to another episode of Mitch Ping's Mind. Very special episode here for you guys. I'm bringing on one of my personal mentors for you guys. Someone I've learned so much from over the last, you know, three, four months. Someone I've really connected with and just as soon as I got on the sales call with him, I'm like, oh, this is, I have to do this. Like, there's no way I can't do this. And there's just something about him, just like an aura but I'm I'm leading you up too much. Here, I'm here with Pete Tansley. <laughs> hey <laughs> Pete man, Tansley, thank how you. How you doing? Really well. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So Pete is a, an online fitness business coach. So he basically helps. Well, he's helped me, and he helps a, a tight group of people. You know, really build their their online fitness business. So I guess a bit of your history, and you can go a bit into this as well and fill in the blanks. But you were a PT, and then you're like, okay, this isn't what you know fulfilling me or, or whatever i'm going to do something different okay now you know now you're a pt that kind of helps pts build their pt business so you've kind of exponentially expanded your your reach your impact your your influence right correct 100 yeah. man yeah so i started in the industry about 20 years ago yeah uh literally out of school and back then it was very different there was no globo gyms there was no online world I started uh, on a Sunday morning on, a, on the reception, <laughs> cleaning toilets, cleaning mirrors. And yeah, man, it was, I got into the industry because for me through school, I struggled with my body image, I struggled with confidence. So I went to the gym as an end user to change that. Yeah. And when I went through a, a body transformation, of course, it's never just the body, it's the confidence, it's, it's, the, it's everything that changes. Yeah. I realized, hey, this is a, such a transformative process. And I, I went down this rabbit hole of, hey, maybe I can do this the job. Maybe I can help people go through what I went through. Yeah. So I became qualified and, and just fell in love with the idea of, I can transform somebody's life by helping them get in shape. Yeah. <laughs> or lose body fat or get stronger or enter a marathon, whatever the challenge is. And yeah, man, I fell in love with that journey. That was 18 years ago. Um, uh, I, I became a PT, went into management. I was managing a group at a very young age group exercise, managing Les Mills instructors, and it was a full health center. And wow. then I discovered sales Yeah, because I couldn't sell for the life of me. <laughs> I remember this story. Like I, I had to master this influence, this psychology thing to, to pay my bills. Yeah, yeah. So I struggled for a long time. Nothing, I think nothing came easy to me back then, which was actually a blessing because it forced me to go deep on these topics. And yeah, through that, through that stage, I opened my own gym. Um, at the age of 21. I did not know that. You had your own gym. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I had my own gym. Uh, and through that process, I, I, I uncovered all these things I did not know. Marketing, sales, team building, leadership. And for me, like, whenever I wanted to learn something, I, I hired a coach to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, man, the industry's been literally my whole life since out of school. And now I get to help fit pros to grow and to scale and to help them with their business. Yeah, yeah. Where did, because one of the things that I really like about your content and the way you delivered the course to, to us is you emphasize a lot on the mindset aspect. Uh, now you've got a lot of stories of fuck ups and, and shit you've been through. You know, what does that do to your mindset? And I feel like so many people, you know, something bad will happen to someone and well, it's over, right? Mm. Where was that first point in your journey where you were like, Oh, well, it's, it's over. Just like the little whisper in the back. Oh, you fucked up. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Great question. I remember the first time I, 
did a gym tour. So back then we were touring the facility, right? We would show people the swimming pool, the group exercise, the big gym. And I'd been given a crash course in sales. (laughs) You take them here, you ask them this question, you sit them down and present the prices on a brochure. But when I came to actually do it, I just crumbled. Yeah. Like uh, my palms were sweaty. Uh, my voice started breaking. I couldn't look the person in the eye. It was, dude, it was like going through puberty again. Like my body, I wanted one thing. You still were going through puberty. I actually was. I actually was. But it was like my, my, my mind wanted one thing to influence this person. My body just shut down. Yeah. And I'm like, man, is, is this normal? Like I'm just not cut out for sales. Yeah. So that was the first. Luckily for me, I had a great mentor who was like, dude, selling's not about having the gift of the gab or being this overly like over the top salesperson just about knowing what to say and when to say and he took me under under his wing but for me that was the first of many signs of fucking up yeah <laughs> the second one happened at a similar time was um my first one-on-one client yeah and it was an hour session and i had a, a, a session plan in my head but i remember we i finished it all in about 12 minutes <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, like what am I going to talk about for 45 minutes oh, no. for that whole time? So like everything at that stage was, was very foreign and new. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me more about th- this mentor and I guess the, the progression of mentors that, that you've had. Because I find it really interesting because some mentors you might have for your entire life. Some mentors you might only have for you know a month and you've kind of squeezed all the juice out of them and then they're not as passionate about you know growing as you so you kind of surpass them how have you ever had mentors where you've kind of outgrown them and what what has that been like yeah i think um you know it's, it's corny but it's quite true the cliche that you have people for a, a reason a season or a lifetime right so i <laughs> yeah. think some people are in your life for a very short period some of the some of the mentors and coaches that i've had might have been uh, a very short a very short time. My first, I didn't hire an official coach until much later, but back then I had some, some managers and some mentors who took me under their wing. And some of those were even my PT clients. Yeah. Because back then, these were guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s, mostly males that I had running large corporations. Wow. Running large businesses. One of them had set up one of Australia's biggest retail chains. Oh my God. And, you know, top 100 entrepreneurs of the country, probably. And just little snippets of, of how they thought and how they acted and, and how they said things. And I think we should always be like a sponge and, and looking to learn from them. But often it came at that stage from unofficial coaches, mm. from people that I just spent time with. For many, that could be a, a sporting coach. And I think for men, that period of you know 17 to 25 is such a transformative period. For me at that time... I was very lucky to have two or three very strong males in my life who taught me more than probably my, my parents did at that stage. They came from the industry. Yeah. So although I wasn't paying them, hey, will you mentor me? They, they, would, they, would, they would pass on their knowledge. Yeah. And looking back, that was so invaluable. Like I was getting, I was spending three hours a week, three one-on-one sessions a week with one of the most successful entrepreneurs <laughs> Australia's ever had. You, know, you, you, you couldn't pay for that from a, from, from a coach client perspective so I was incredible incredibly fortunate to have that but yeah the, the best mentors have taught me how to think yeah not necessarily this is a tactic or try this you know 
try this digital marketing thing. It's, it's really how to think, how to handle feedback, how to handle failures. That's a common trait is successful people just failed more times. Yeah. Like it's, it's really rare that someone got there like in a, in a, they had the minus touch and got there straight away. It's they got there through repeated fuck ups yeah and without losing enthusiasm between them yeah you know a lot of a lot of successful people have 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 lost everything more than once have gone bankrupt have gone through divorces and they've they've had to hit rock bottom to learn those things yeah which is a powerful teacher yeah and for me i kind of want to learn from the sailor who's navigated the rough seas and and gone through the storms not just had an easy run so yeah it's looking back it's like you can join the dots looking back and I was very lucky to have those people through that period. Cool. So at the business event, the story you told about the, the glass being uh, too full, mm. do you think that that's what it is when you're like even a PT session, even if it's not the top 100 entrepreneur, I think you can still learn so much from, you know, 60 year old Sally that's been a receptionist the whole life. Because she might, she might, you know, communicate better than you or do a certain task better than you because she's done it a million times. I guess, how can you, because I think a lot of people will be like, oh, well, this person serving me a coffee, I can't learn anything from them. Mm-hmm. I can only learn, if I pay, you know, a million dollars, I can only learn. So how does that story, and you can tell it if you want, relate to, you know, soaking up as much information as you can? Yeah, I'll tell the story so it's got context. Good. <laughs> so the story was there was a yoga guru and one of his teachers wanted to learn more. So the student traveled to India to learn from another guru and spent several weeks with him. And when he came back, the guru said, uh, come over and we'll have some tea and you can tell me what you've learned. And he said, yeah, I've got so much to tell you. I can really help you. I've learned so much more than you. I can tell you everything. <laughs> And he starts telling him all the things he learned from the the Indian guru about yoga and life and the practice. And the original guru noticed this, so he started to pour him a cup of tea and he just kept pouring. And the student kept talking about what he knew and, and, and how wise he had become in this time and he just kept pouring the tea until it was overflowing. And the student kept talking and watched the tea overflow and eventually the hot tea sort of ran on his leg and he had to get off and say, what are you doing? Like, it's, it's, it's full. And the teacher said, I'm so glad you said that. This cup of tea is like your mind. And when it's full and there's no more room for anything else to be poured in, you have no room to learn or to upskill or to learn anything else. Yeah. And it's a story that sometimes we think we know everything. And those three words, I know that, when we when we hear something or when we hear a story, just shut you down from from learning and from opening anything else up. Yeah, and it's common. It's it's common in in that I've seen young personal trainers, mostly men, that they think they know it all, yet they're sort of still struggling. Yeah. So like my definition of knowing is not just you've heard the information, but you're actually applying it and you can demonstrate that you're using it. And it's not just something you think you know. You're actually living and embodying that thing. Yeah. So. To answer your question, I think people just need to have an attitude that, hey, we can learn something from everyone. And look, without that, you're just you're shutting yourself off from learning something new, something cool, that one little thing. And what's great is the big ideas will come from outside your industry. 
Yeah. So you're missing 100%. out if you're not getting an idea from the barista or from the bank teller or from the person who serves you petrol. You know? So I think you're, you're shutting yourself off because that's where the big breakthroughs will come. Yeah. So I think... Um, I mean, I'm not that old, but I've had a few, I guess, setbacks, um, things that I feel like a rock bottom, bottom failures. Once you look back and you're like, wow, this is actually so good for me, right? When you have that mindset of, okay, the bigger the failure, the bigger the learning, how can you still push yourself to the limit, but not lose everything you've worked so hard to get? Mm. So I guess that another way to phrase the question would be like, what do you do consistently to make sure you're, you're pushing yourself to the absolute limit and you're not overreach? Because you could go and, yeah, I'm going to buy a Lamborghini and I'm going to do this but because I'll, I'll learn from it. Mm. But it's like, well, that's just being stupid. So how do you, I guess, stay in that realm of just outside your comfort zone enough to learn and push yourself but not too much to be, you know, lose everything? Yeah, great question. A big issue I see today is people are trying to go for the moon. Yeah. They're trying to 10x. They're trying to get that Lamborghini when they're currently driving a, a Kia. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a Kia, but they're trying to take this tremendous jump from like zero to 100, right? Yeah. And I think the problem with that, although it can give you some temporary motivation, the problem with that is it sets you up for, for failure. Here's an example. If, I, if I've been earning 3K, three grand a month for the last six months, 12 months, and I say, right, this year I'm going to earn 200K per month, right? Is that possible? Yes. But if the problem is if you don't reach that 200K per month, you feel like an imposter. You feel like a fraud. And you come crashing right back down. A better goal is to say, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double that this year. Or I'm going to add 50% this year. Or I'm going to, I'm going to slightly uh, improve on that every single month. Because then when you see yourself demonstrating and, and succeeding and actually hitting a milestone, setting a milestone and hitting it, that's how you get momentum. Versus trying to 10x, getting nowhere near it and thinking, I'm just a total fuck up. So that's, yeah. that's the first thing. T- 10x can be good. It's good to have that compelling vision, that thing that pulls you forward. But it's also good to be a realist and to set goals you can achieve. You know, don't say if if I currently get up at nine a.m. Don't say I'm going to get up at five a.m. tomorrow, <laughs> and then when I don't, I feel like a fuck up. Yeah, it's, it sets some manageable goals around what those things are. And the other thing is, make mistakes, fail, but make new mistakes. Mm. Don't repeat the same mm. stupid mistakes over and over and over again. Now, what has helped me with that is just increasing my levels of self-awareness. Yeah. So having the time at the end of each day thinking, right, today's done, it's, it's, it's finished, but what did I do well? What could I have done better? Oh my God. And almost replaying in my mind, how did that conversation go? How did I show up for this conversation? Perhaps when you drive home from work or commute home, you can use a 10-minute segment of that to say, you know what, what did I... I heard Jason Ferugia say this. He, he drives home uh, at night, radio is off for 10 minutes, and he replays every interaction he had. He's like, how did I show up today with Mitch? How did I show up today with that receptionist? How did I show up with my partner at lunch today? And just do a mental rehearsal and almost have, have the ability to coach yourself on today. Mm. So that would be a micro thing each day. 
And at the end of each week, if you're not having some kind of review and planning on a weekly cadence, you're missing out. Yeah, massively. Because you will... If you ask yourself the question, if I was a high-performance coach, what would I tell myself to do? You know the answers. <laughs> you know, but if people are so busy, so distracted, so like, go, go, go all the time. They don't have the, 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 the foresight to look back and think, hey, you know what? I, sh- I, I made a mistake here. Next time I'll do this. And to coach yourself. Mm. And I think it's so simple. Most people listening won't do it because I write it off as being too simple. But an end of day, and end of week review will help to boost your awareness. Yeah. I've been doing that this year and massive, mm. massive difference. I heard a billionaire talking on one of the, the podcasts. I think it was uh, Dan Pence or something like that on um, Tom Billu. And he said that every day he just looks for the 5% that got the 95% and what is going to get me the 95% from doing 5% tomorrow. So it's normally like 80-20, but he's like, no, nah, I don't believe in that. It's 5.95 every yeah. day. Like, what's the smallest thing? And do you think that's what, you know, journaling and reviewing and planning is? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think some kind of checking, whether that's journaling, some people like to journal like stream of consciousness, just get their thoughts out. Others, I prefer like a, a sort of formal sort of some questions that I ask. But I think what matters more is the fact that you do it daily. Yeah. And the awareness is there. You're not just like going from days to weeks to months without a checking process. This is why people's New Year's resolutions fail. <laughs> they set a big thing on January 31st and don't check in again until next Christmas. Yeah. There's no like review or check-in process. So I think it's invaluable. Um, I, I, I think you know more answers than you give yourself credit for if you stop and you oh, know definitely. take stock. Yeah, you always know the next step. Correct. And some who are like, well, I don't know how to lose this weight. Well, you know the next step is to ask for help then. Oh, I can't make any money in my business. Well, you know what to do. It's either spend 10 hours on Google or you can find a good mentor that you connect with and has actually been there, done that for you. Correct. Are you familiar with Joe Joe Dispenza and some of his work? Yeah. So he talks about, you know, 70% of the thoughts and feelings you had today are the same as yesterday, yeah. right? So I think that, you know, people are stuck in a loop and they're like being programmed to wake up every morning and check their Instagram, check their Tinder, get their morning coffee, drive to work, right? If you're a high performer and you have that awareness of, okay, today I woke up, I, you know, did some journaling, I planned out my day, blah, 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 blah. How do high performers consistently change their daily habits and rituals to adapt to their new goals, vision, purpose, mission? Mm. Great question. The biggest detractor from progress is a lack of focus. Mm. Focus is a superpower. Yeah. And and time is not relative. You know, an, an hour or even 30 minutes spent in a productive state where your state is high, you've got no distractions, 30 minutes of that beats, you know, 30 hours of distracted <laughs> sh- shitty work. So it's not relative. <laughs> 99% of the human race. Correct. 100%. So like the f- our phones are beeping, pinging, buzzing, vibrating at us. My phone is basically a dumb phone, not a smartphone. <laughs> like it's, it's always on do not disturb. 
My friends, they'll <laughs> get a, a text. Word. They'll get a text back in 24 hours. Uh, calls go straight to my my voice message. Like all my calls are planned. Yeah. Clients book in, uh, prospects book in. Every call's planned, and that is not to be a recluse. It's to get it's to get stuff done. Yeah. So for me, it doesn't matter what time you wake up. I've changed my morning now. This is a recent change where I will wake up. I'll do so, I'll, I'll drink a big thing of water. Like I'll try scull a liter, a half a liter of, of and that's of, still of sparkling, water, mostly sparkling, <laughs> uh, or filtered water at home. And then I will do something to get in state. Uh, I might meditate for ten minutes. I might journal or review my goals. I might do twenty burpees if I'm feeling a bit sluggish. I don't always wake up feeling amazing, so I'll do something to get in state. And then I'll do my most important task of the day. Yeah, the MIT. The MIT. Now that's been predetermined by last night when I wrote down tomorrow's MIT is X. Yeah. Okay, so if it's a big project, if you're working on a website, if you're building a course, if you're you know, writing an email sequence, I'm just gonna choose one segment of that for tomorrow's MIT. I'm not gonna write finish website. <laughs> because that again like that's a 15 hour task yeah. of course you feel overwhelmed right <laughs> I'm going to take one section of that for tomorrow's MIT now I know if I do that MIT and I mean I have the luxury I can probably do two hours of that in the morning but if someone had a client for example do 30 minutes of your MIT first then go about your day because if your day goes to shit if nothing else happens at least you got that high priority task done yeah and f- even five of those a week at 30 minutes, that's, what's that, 10 hours a month? Like two and a half hours a week? It's, it adds up quickly. Oh, yeah. And it's time is not equal. So 30 minutes in state, no distractions, no Tinder on, no Instagram buzzing you. You will be amazed how much you get done in 90 days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's the same concept with you know, five minutes with a, a genius or five hours with a, an average person, mm-hmm. right? 100%, man. Yeah, and like, it's a skill. I was the most undisciplined, laziest student through school. <laughs> uh, I was shy and confident. I, 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 I couldn't look people in the eye. But the ability to now to sit in my bum, uh, Warren Buffett calls it assiduity. Assiduity, which means your ability to sit on your ass and do stuff. Assiduity. So the ability to sit down and just pull the trigger and do what needs to be done. Some mornings there's resistance. Some mornings I'm feeling brain fog. Some mornings I didn't get my full sleep. But it's a skill to sit down and just and execute. Yeah, wow. And for some people, man, in our, like, most people under 25, 30 minutes might feel like a lifetime. Oh, yeah. start with 10 start yeah. with 15 and you can build that skill to then progress from there yeah and how do you use because you talk about states a lot changing your state being in the right state you know you don't want to be in some crazy Tony Robbins peak state right before you go to bed or when you're doing maybe a most important task where you have to be creative or so how do you you know, do you have different states, I guess, for, for sales calls or meditating or MIT or going to bed or things like that? Mm. And how do you change your state? I believe people have a, like a default state. And the default state is where you are most of the time, is when you first wake up, is where your body's thermostat will set you. 
So how do you change your default state? Now most people's default state is, is sluggish, is maybe overthinking, is maybe procrastinating, is maybe not in their optimal state, right? That might be uh, anxiety, procrastination, feeling flat. An optimal state will be feeling in control, feeling present. Uh, I think generally, yeah, there's the biology of it, but I think feeling low energy is a mindset. Definitely what's in your brain, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like if, if, if you found out that you just won the, the lotto and it's 500 million and like the cash has been delivered to your house tomorrow. <laughs> like that state someone would be in, it trumps caffeine, it trumps biology. It's, it's a state you can shift into. So your default state is where you're in most of the time. So how do you change that? Several years ago, I hit a big crisis and, and, and was back to rock bottom again for probably the second time in my life. And my default state sucked. I knew I had to shift it. So every hour on my phone, I had a reminder from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. to change my state. And I'll do something every hour to lift my state. Now, at first, I would lift the state on the hour and over the hour, I would drift back down and have to lift it up again. Over time, however, it would stay up for longer. Yeah. The effect would, would, would lengthen. And now I have to do it far less, once or twice a day. Uh, but I'll still do that. Before I speak... Before I came onto this podcast, I didn't just like Is that walk what you were doing here. out there? Doing burpees and yelling? Yeah, man. I was firing your chest. up. Totally. <laughs> no, what were we, what were jumping just... out of the trees. <laughs> but I was, I, I do, you, if I walk in, when I walk in to present for a two-day event, I don't just scroll my phone and walk in there. I'm managing my state before I get there. So for me, it's, it's either meditation or it's just shaking it out, doing five burpees, moving my body, getting some movement happening. Uh, it could be the rebound. I've got a little trampoline at home. Yeah. It's any of those tools to lift my state because how I show up is my responsibility to, 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 any, to any interaction, to any meeting, to any task. How I show up is up to me. So your default state will, will change everything. Okay, here's, here's sales as an example. We give people the perfect script to follow. But if someone's in a depressed state... <laughs> Uh, if if, the, if the, everything's repressed in them and they're saying the words perfectly, their chances of closing are nil, maybe 10%. Versus someone who's in an elevated state, someone who can feel their certainty through the call or face-to-face, yet they screw up most of the script, that person will win. Mm. I've seen people in sales who have taken somebody's credit card, they don't even know what they're selling. <laughs> they don't even know the details of how to process it, but yet their state and their certainty and their charisma has sold the, the outcome. So yeah, man, state is everything. State is everything. I think it's 80% of results. Wow. wow. It's how you think and how you show up. And the tactics matter. The Facebook pixel, the, 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 the objection handling words, that matters, but that's the 20%. Yeah. The 80 is, is your state, your presence, and how you, how you show up. Wow. So what would you do like every hour? Mm. Yeah, man. Sometimes I will just yell or shout. Sometimes I'll, <laughs> I'll beat a pillow. I just imagine you doing it here in this like little study uh, place. <laughs> just like closing the sound <laughs> room or something. Sometimes I just like shake it out and like literally just get energy out of my body. Right. right? Okay. Just, just anything to shift that energy. It's never one thing. Uh, it's never one thing. Okay. I, had a, I had a speaking coach say like, you should just 
shake it out. So he'll get up and he'll just literally just go, just like show you how to shake the shit out, right? And then when you go to the next meeting, nothing really matters. It's yeah. like your body is just like free and relaxed. So whether it's ice baths or breathing or shaking the shit out or shouting or beating the pillow, um, energy, you know, Tony Robbins has, has, has made the, the, uh, the, the motion creates emotion, right? The movement and doing that will get you moving and, and shift your state. Yeah. Is it temporary? Yes, but you can shift it through re- repeated exposure. Yeah, okay. Why do you think people care so much about shit that doesn't matter? So I guess getting into a state is going to, if you know how to get into a state, cool. And that's going to help, obviously. But most people, they're in depressed states where they're negative thinking constantly and they don't have any self-belief. And, you know, they're comparing themselves to other people. And they care, well... It seems that they care more about others' opinions more than they care about their own. So, you know, why do you think people, you know, care so much about shit that doesn't matter, doesn't really affect them? Yeah. I mean, I think it's built into us. Yeah. I think it's a fear of rejection. Back in the day, whichever research you look at, we were in groups of 50 to about 300, you know, going back thousands or millions of years, whichever research you look at. And what that meant was if you did something that was that was wrong, or if you did something to we good? Yeah. If we did something that wasn't agreed upon by the tribe, you'd be kicked out. Oh yeah. So back then if you were kicked out of a tribe, you couldn't collectively hunt and feed yourself and keep warm, you'd probably die. Yeah. Or you'd have to fight another tribe to get back in. Like the, the consequences would be dire. Yeah. Today it doesn't mean anything, but we still seek that approval. Mm. We still want that approval. Mm. I think it's 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 in us. I think it's more so perhaps an Australian and a UK thing than other parts of the world, the Western world. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, but it's it's a real thing that that conformity to fit in, that wanting to belong. That not wanting to be different. It's like you can be a little bit different and you're cool, but too different and you're like the wacko guy on the, yeah. the far left and the far right. So it's it's a real thing, man. Um, look at um, you know Mark Manson's book series. He's he's yeah, become famous on that topic. Yeah. How to not give a fuck. And it's a real challenge. If for people who we work with, if we can just get them over that, everything else is oh, easy. Yeah. Everything else is easy. So maybe it's you're terrified of video or you're terrified of putting out social media posts. I believe the only way through that is through exposure. Mm. You, you feel you're stuck on video, film a hundred of them. Film two a day for 50 days and you will overcome that fear. You're scared of doing sales calls. Go, walk in, go work in a call center like I did when I was studying to be a trainer and have the dialer, the automatic dialer, which just calls people all day, 24-7, right? <laughs> Afraid of approaching the opposite sex? Spend this weekend and approach 100 people until it's easy. Like you expose yourself so frequently so that you feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's that courage to get out of your, your comfort zone and then you get competent at doing that. I think that's what creates you know, being confident, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess the the big question here, because we've talked about so much awesome, valuable stuff, you know, why, I guess for you, like, why do you, why do you constantly want to evolve and change your morning routines and set bigger goals and, and do more? Like, why not just be average and, you know, work in a, a gym and make, a you know, a decent amount of money and just, you know, go surfing every day? Like, why not just do that? Yeah. Man, they, they say like, the definition of hell is meeting who you could have become when, oh, you, when wow. you die. Oh, that's good. And thinking, wow, that there was so much potential there. And I think most people are capable of so much more. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're tapping into maybe 10% or 20% of their potential. And I just see so much more in people. And I want to help more people tap into that and more people realize that, including myself. I still think there's like... I've got this idea of like never peak, never, never reach your best. Yeah. Like I want to be that guy in his 60s or 70s still getting better. Like <laughs> still, still going after new things and never settling. And I think, I don't know, man, something switched late teenage years for me where I just didn't want to be average. I didn't want to have the normal average conform to those standards I wanted to push. And I just see so much potential in, in, in people that we work with that I want to help them tap into that. Yeah. And why do you think that with, why do you think everyone can be, you know, reach their full potential and be extraordinary and unlock their greatness? Why, you know, why do you think everyone, you think, well, I guess I'm putting words in your mouth. Do you think that every human ever has that potential to be great? I think they have the potential to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of them won't do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Through either a lack of belief like they haven't seen what's possible yeah. or they're just not willing to do the work mm. like it's hard it's not pretty it's not all rainbows right. it's freaking hard work and I think unless people I want to be real with people like it's, it's, a, it's a tough it's a tougher path to go for that it would be easier to to get a bunch of buddies and get a share house on the beach and, and, and surf all day right? <laughs> that would be the easier life but I think at what point would you look back on that as a 50, 60, 70 year old and think, what if? What if I didn't really go for it? What if, yeah, I failed in my 20s or I failed in my 30s, but what if I just tried one more and that was the thing that broke me through and got me to that next level? Yeah. And I think that's the ultimate worry of mine is looking back and thinking, what if I just had another crack there? Yeah. Wow. And that comes with self-awareness, your state, planning, Obviously, reviewing that comes in with the, you know, the awareness. Mm -hmm. What other, you know, little, tiny, tiny little things do you do every single day to make sure that you're you're tapping into that full potential? Yeah. Meditation is one. Yeah. Like having silence. Our brains are very busy and chaotic. They want to take over. Yeah. Again, the silence will give you a lot of answers. The other one... And this would be almost daily, would be just to learn from the greats. Mm. Study. Any challenge we want to overcome has been done. Like unless we're, inv- unless we're inventing a rocket ship to go to Saturn or something. Like everything <laughs> else that we want to achieve has been achieved in family, business, savings, relationships. Study the people who have tackled that. Study the people who have overcome that. So read biographies, watch documentaries. 
a lot of those won't be businessy per se, but you can extract the lessons on how they thought or how they acted. And you'll pick up something with the Richard Bransons, the Elon Musks. Uh, I'm reading now about Conrad Hilton, the founder of the Hilton chain. Wow. And like those guys had so much failure. So when you read these guys and girls who succeeded, you'll realize that, hey, they fucked up a lot. It wasn't a smooth sailing for them. These people built their empires not through luck or from uh, what I call the lucky sperm club. It's like a trust fund baby, <laughs> right? You're born into it. Like these guys did it through just sheer hard work and sheer effort. And back then it was harder. Back then, think about now, we could validate an offer. We could come up with an idea. We could launch an ad tonight or build the funnel tonight, launch the ad tomorrow and possibly have leads within 24 hours, right? Back then, if we're in Australia and want to sell to America, what do we do? Send a letter on a ship? <laughs> Like six weeks one way, if the ship doesn't actually gets there and your letter doesn't get lost, <laughs> you might get a reply back in another six weeks. Like when you read the greats, you know that they didn't have it easy. And that should inspire you. Like, hey, these people weren't the smartest. They didn't have incredible IQ most of the time. They just got there through thinking differently and, and overcome, overcoming. Yeah. Who is there one person in particular who's helped you to think differently and ask yourself, you know, better, different questions. Mm. Uh, real person or someone I've studied? Uh, studied, yeah. Or yeah. real person, yeah. Man, there's, there's been a lot. I, I love um, so many great books. I love Total Recall, the book about Arnie. Yeah. You know, if, if people think Arnie's just a dumb bodybody, oh, you God. should study his yeah. life, right? Like in Austria, he was like, I, I want to make it in America. Yeah. like a 16, 17 year old thinks that and he, he finds a way back then that wasn't the norm no not right and when you see he, he did that to dominate bodybuilding and then acting and then politics and now his environmental things he's done that in multiple industries so, so I think like how does someone think to like go into an industry that they're a white belt at and force their way to the top yeah any of the greats like that you can study and learn from the guys from the oil industries, the steel industries. Um, I've been studying Hugh Hefner recently, the, building the Playboy Empire. Yeah. All of these guys have repeated uh, setbacks and failures. And I just think, how do they think? How would they think about this problem? A great book is uh, Alter Ego by Todd Herman. And as the name suggests, he suggests having an alter ego. In the book, actually, was um, a big feature on Kobe, who, was, who had an alter ego on the court. Like when he turned up to play, he turned on that alter ego before he stepped onto the court. Yeah. And many athletes and, and celebrities and, and business people have this where, hey, if you're trying to embody a personality trait, who is someone that represents that? So if I'm trying to be a good closer, I'm thinking of um, Axelrod from Billions or Harvey Specter, <laughs> right? How can I then put on my alter ego in a sales environment to tap into a bit of Harvey? If I'm negotiating, can I tap into a bit of Trump polarizing forgiveness? Is someone who represents a, a hardcore negotiator. Yeah. How can I use this idea of alter, an alter ego or multiple alter egos to turn it on? Yeah. Kids do this all the time. When they're kicking a soccer ball, they're not themselves. They are Beckham or Ronaldo or yeah. whoever the hero is. And as adults, we can tap into that. Through your state? through your state and through this idea of 
hey, my alter ego for this thing I'm trying to get better at is this fictional or real person. Yeah. And I'm going to embody that character. Yeah. They say that who, who we look up to or who we think, man, I want to be like that person. It's this idea that if you spot it, you've got it. <laughs> so if I'm like, man, I wish I, was as, uh, yeah, I wish I was as charismatic as that dude. Yeah. Or I wish I could like get on stage and speak like that guy. If you spot it, there's a party that's already got it. It's maybe underdeveloped. Yeah. So what we admire in others is often things that we already have and want to grow. And I think we can tap into that. You definitely can. Yeah. Yeah. If you think of, and I did this the other morning, um, I was watching a, a, the Michael Bisping documentary mm. about all of his failures and fuck ups. And you're just like, oh my God, this dude is like crazy. And he finally gets the, the bell. And I just started, I got those like tears of inspiration. And I was like, fuck, what is it in Michael Bisping that makes him so inspirational to me? And I was like, well, he's just such a hard worker. And I started thinking, you know, where could someone perceive me as being a hard worker? Who, where, when? And I wrote down all the lists and I got to the point where like, I hadn't mentioned anything about the gym. And when I train, everyone in the gym knows because I'm screaming, I'm grunting, I'm, I'm so focused, right? Mm. It's like I'm in another world when I'm training. And I just wrote down all these places in the gym, um, even my, fam- my friends, my family, my clients, where I've just been hardworking. And then the next day I was just like, yeah, I'm just like Michael Bisping. And I'm just like, because yeah, that you spot it, you got it. Mm. It's a powerful thing, man. Yeah. They say the opposite is true. Like if we, if we hate on somebody, if we if something, yeah. if something about that person pisses pisses us off, it's the same thing. Yeah. If you spot it, you got it. It's something within you that is triggered by that person. It's the same the other way. Yeah. In the in the admiration scheme as well as the <laughs> the critical scheme, you know. Yeah. Wow. It's powerful. Yeah. So I guess just to to finish, we're we're right near the end. Who? is your greatest mentor now, I guess your, your paid coach or someone that you um, are really invested in at the moment that you're just like, wow, I need to soak up as much as I can from this person. Mm. Who is that for you right now? Last year, I got to hang out with uh, Jay Abraham at a three-day event in Paris, in Europe. And man, like the way his brain works is incredible. This is a guy who's across multiple decades through bull markets and bear markets, through multiple recessions, through multiple industries in every country in the world has dominated. And just to, to see how he answers questions and see how he thinks about things was invaluable. So I've got some of his programs now, which I'm deep into oh and, and going through the archives on that. You know, he, he's helped Tony Robbins. He's helped uh, uh, Asprey and Bulletproof. Like he's helped these massive founders of big companies and just to see his perspective on how to thrive when things are good, how to survive when things uh, come down, which they will soon, probably the next two to four years for us. Like how to survive in those markets, to see that perspective is incredible. Yeah. And he's an inspiring dude. He, yep. at the event, he's, I don't know how old Jay is, 200 years 68. old. 200 years old, I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's been around for a while, but he has so much vitality and charisma and, he was at this event just wanting to be there and helping people it was really inspiring to see yeah mm. wow yeah Jay I've been obsessed with Jay I was watching Jay on my um, 
elliptical this morning doing cardio. How good, right? I love how he's got like 50 adjectives for every single word that he he's says. Incredible. <laughs> he's incredible. His vocabulary is amazing. He's so articulate. He would be saying words. I'd be, I'd be like Googling them. What does this word mean as he's talking? So yeah, yeah. amazing dude. Yeah, wow. Okay, cool. So I guess trying to, because we've covered so much stuff, I guess a lot of it would be mindset, do you think? Where can someone start with with this? Where can someone find a bit more direction and start, you know, setting more realistic, achievable, you know, daily tasks? Where can they go to sort of find more? Yeah. Um, I'll just give, I'll give people a really actionable tip. I think Ooh, yeah. don't over schedule your week. Yeah. People in their week say, I want to achieve these 15 things. <laughs> And many of them are impossible to achieve. Break it down into like, what are my top three outcomes this week? Mm. Okay, what are those things? Uh, can I do them? Are they achievable? And if yes, make them your top three. That's for the week. Nothing else matters. At the end of each day also, to, to sign off the day, just write down your wins. Yeah. You know, we call it a brag book. Just in a journal or in a, uh, something you can keep records in, just write down what you did well today. And the key with this, set the bar low. If you uh, wanted to do 5,000 steps today and you got them, that's your win. Like if you got out of bed and only hit the snooze button once and that's a win, write that down. Mm. Like set the bar so low, you're not sharing with the world. These don't have to be home runs. They can be singles, but just write them down and that will create momentum. And just to be kind to yourself. Yeah. Like little wins, uh, it's it's like brick by brick, right? It's it's 1% at a time. And I think when you collect those wins, do that for 90 days, you'll look back and you'll have 90 days worth of journal entries yeah, of, wow. of all your wins. It's a big momentum boost. Wow. That's awesome. That's such a good tip. Guys, you got to do that. If you've listened this far, you have to do that. <laughs> and sure. message uh, message me or message Pete uh, if Pete wants it. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll give you more tips or more info, more people, or maybe we can even even help you out. So where, where can I find you? Yeah, all my socials are Pete Tansley, just my name. Um, Facebook, Instagram, the website is PeteTansley.com. Uh, if fit pros want to know more specifically, they can join our free group. We can send them some free resources. I'm sure we can we can hook them up. But yeah, if, if you connect with me on social, we can um, we can connect from there. Hell yeah! And then I'm Mitch Ping on Facebook, Instagram as well. And give us a five star review, guys. And if you liked, you know, a certain golden nugget a little clip from this podcast you know screenshot it if you're too scared to to post it on on your story or or share it on your facebook just message one of us and just be like hey yeah i really appreciate it because we don't know you know if you like this stuff if we don't get any feedback we're in the dark here so and also you know share it with other people if you got something out of it you know a rising tide raises all boats so share it with someone else and you know, have an awesome day, guys, and, and take action on those those small little goals. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Hey, I see the shake. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. That was fun. <laughs>